You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and with me, of course, is Brian. Yes, I am. I'm here. You are indeed, but not just you today. No, this is exciting. This is exciting. This is legit. We have we have a guest with us today, a special guest, a special guest, and we emphasize special in that. As I it's pat our, him on the head, uh, that's right. It's our good friend Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith uh, works with us here at Lifeway. He works uh, specifically with the Christian Standard Bible and is an editor for Holman Bibles. Uh, he also serves as one of the pastors at City Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, did I actually pronounce Murfreesboro correctly? You did. You did. Fantastic. Yeah. Close enough. You there said we go. you said church correctly too. Yeah. Choich. There we go. Fantastic. And um, as if that wasn't enough, um, he is uh, the editorial director for the Center for Baptist Renewal. He's written a few books, including They Spoke of Me, How Jesus Unlocks the Old Testament. And again, if that wasn't enough on top of all of that, he is also married and has two lovely daughters. Hi, that is true. That's go. the best thing about my bio, actually. Absolutely. Absolutely. Save the best for last. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing all right. Yeah? Yeah. I'm with you guys, so how could I not be doing great? Well, you know. You know um, my favorite Canadian and my favorite bald guy. <laughs> I mean, what more could I want? You know, I'll, I'm, I'll take it. I'm touched. I'm touched. I'm, I'm sure you say that to all the Canadians, though. I do, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. There's only three of you, so <laughs> not, not much uh, True. competition. True. Well... There's more bald guys, just for the record. (laughs) There's a lot more bald guys. There's a lot more bald guys. But, you know, I I know that when you say it to me, that you actually mean it. Okay. Okay. That's what they all say. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) I'm the grumpiest Canadian you know, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. Okay, there we go. You still apologize a lot, though. Sorry. Yeah. Couldn't help it. Um, it's how I keep my citizenship. I apologize at least twice every conversation. Incognito. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm, I've cut back I'm from three to two. It's not bad. Yeah, there you go. It's not bad. There you go. All right. So, Brandon, we're not here to talk about uh, me being your favorite Canadian. Praise um, the Lord. You know, although we could make a whole conversation about that. We could. It probably wouldn't. That would be riveting. For, yeah. It would, Wouldn't it be and how that applies to the gospel? But mm, um, Or doesn't. Hmm. Or doesn't. Instead, we are going to talk about uh, a subject that's near and dear to your heart, sort of. Yeah, depends, <laughs> depends on the day. <laughs> Depending on the day. Um, one of the most easy to understand books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, one that everyone reads every day yep. and has devotionally has. Yes, they do their devotions from they mm-hmm. can't wait to get there. They have have verses from it all over their coffee mugs. Mm-hmm. Um, they may even have a painting or two in their house. Probably. Yeah. The book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. That's right. How was that for setup? Uh, not bad. Yeah, that wasn't bad? That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're, getting right. good, you're getting good at this. Thank you. Thanks, Thank for, you. thanks for getting a few out before I got on here so that you could work out the rust you know that's right you know i uh it's been a little while since we did a did a session together yep. so it's it's time here we are that's right so um so brandon you have you've spent a lot of time in the book of revelation mm-hmm. um you wrote four studies for the gospel project mm-hmm. in the uh in volume 12 come lord jesus from the summer 2018 edition um you are also doing some of your phd work involving yep, revelation as well revelation yep that's right. 
Um, and so you are clearly the perfect person to to talk about. Yeah, that makes things. me the most or least qualified person to talk about Revelation. Well, he knows well, he knows more about the Book of Revelations than I do. Oh, see, there you go. There you go. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what I signed up for. That's right. That's right. (laughs) But here's the thing. I trust that you know more about the Book of Revelation than a first-year philosophy student does about philosophy. No, that's probably fair. There you go. There you go. Maybe a third year. That'll. I'll take it. But the first-year philosophy student thinks they know more than I know about Revelation. Right. And by second year, and by second year, they realize they don't know anything. Right. And the third year, they just quit. That's right. That's right. So, um, and then they go on a journey to find themselves or something. (laughs) (laughs) If you're a philosophy student, sorry. (laughs) There's your half of your apologies for the day. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, um, so Brandon, here's, here's this super easy question. Why do we need to, why do we need to read and study revelation at all? Well, because it's in the Bible. Yes. It's a good start, right? Yeah. That's, we should read all the books of the Bible generally at some point. Yep. in your life. Um, no, but I, I mean, I would say primarily because it's a culmination of all the Bible's promises. Um, the book of Revelation is often looked at as sort of an end times thing or something for later or uh, something to decode, you know. Uh, but actually, the book of Revelation is saturated with Old Testament allusions. There's Old Testament citations and allusions all over it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's primarily because John sees himself as a prophet whose vision is sort of... Um, bringing into culmination all of what the other prophets said. He quotes uh, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Daniel, constantly. Um, And so if we're reading the book of Revelation, we're reading the end of the Bible, the end of the Bible story in a lot of ways. Um, And so we should be reading it because if we were to cut Revelation out of the end of the Bible, um, you would miss out on a huge chunk of the Mm -hmm. Bible storyline. I mean, especially the one thing that that always sticks out to me is at the end, um, after God has judged those and separated those from uh, sent some to the lake of fire and, and some to the new Jerusalem, the new heaven and new earth. Um, it says that the tree of life is in the middle of the new Jerusalem. Well, where do we see the tree of life? Genesis 2. Yeah. Right? So Genesis 2, they're in the garden. He says the tree of life is there, the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And whenever Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden uh, for sinning, they're taken away from the tree of life. And so that means obviously their sin has brought death. Well, if you don't have revelation, nobody ever gets back to the tree of life. The story doesn't end. The story, ne- or it never has a, a conclusion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas at the end of Revelation, you see everything that God had promised all the way back in Genesis three that that you know that He would send a Messiah and all that kind of stuff coming back. Um, you don't get that until the very end of Revelation. So if you don't have Revelation, you don't get the end of the story. You're reading a book without a concluding chapter. You're reading a series of books without the final series. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Good point. So, um, so we get why we need to read this book i think from this and I, and and i and i do think that that is important but we get to the when we're reading it it is really confusing mm-hmm. and i mean you you hit on some of why um you know he's that john is calling back to lots of prophetic imagery from mm-hmm. the old testament um and some of it's pretty weird yeah <laughs> um but on top of that we've seen that there's there's a lot of different views on this book mm-hmm. so why is that well, I mean, it, there's a lot of reasons why. Probably the primary reason why is that Revelation is an apocalyptic book. Uh, sometimes we think of apocalyptic, we think end of the world, which is part of apocalyptic literature. Uh, but apop- apocalyptic literature uses a lot of imagery, uses a lot of symbols. Um, it's, it's typically to a group of people who feel like they're persecuted or oppressed uh, by the culture around them or by some sort of um, oppressive party uh and and the apocalypse is all not just revelation but all the ones in the in the in the early um you know 
around the time of Jesus and before and after uh, were about how God was going to fix everything that went wrong and how he was going to bring everything to culmination. Largely, they did that through symbols and illusions that let's say that uh, somebody in the first century is reading Revelation. Well, a lot of Revelation is against the Roman Empire. What the Roman Empire is oppressing them, beheading them, uh, trying to get them to fit into their culture, those kind of things. Uh, a lot of these symbols would basically keep just anybody from picking up and reading it and going, oh my gosh, this is an anti-imperial uh, letter, right? So yeah. they use a lot of symbols and stuff. So you've got all these symbols, you've got all these numbers, you've got all these illusions, you've got you know locusts with human heads and and prostitutes riding beasts and all this kind of yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. And um, the, totally the first normal. century audience, although they may not understand all of it, they would understand a lot of it because it's written to them in their specific context yeah. with people <laughs> with allusions to things that they would understand. I mean, six 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 is a great example. Revelation thirteen. Yeah. He talks about the number of the beast is six six six, and then he says, and those who who know will understand who this who this is. So he even says the first century audience knows who 666 yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but now here we are in the 21st century reading a, a book that's written to somebody 2,000 years before us uh, using symbols and illustrations that are not familiar uh, to us at all. You think about Jesus using farming illustrations in the – well, you know, in the parables, we can all pretty much relate to farming over centuries. Sure. Um, but when you're talking about Rome in a particular time or a particular uh, Caesar in Rome, uh, things like that, that becomes a lot more difficult to understand. Uh, so then all that to say, when you, when you say why, why there's so many interpretations, you've got all this stuff coming in and you've got us looking back going, okay, what do I do with this imagery? Who is this talking about? What is this talking about? Is it talking about somebody? Is it talking about somebody then? Is it talking about somebody in the future? Um, you know, wh what are these allusions, Old Testament allusions supposed to mean? There's just all kinds of questions that go into it that we look back on. So then we try to piece all that together with Revelation being really the only true apocalyptic book in the Bible besides Daniel. Mm -hmm. So then you're trying to interpret Revelation through Matthew and, and yeah. Ephesians and, you know, wherever else, because you're trying to say, how does this make sense of the whole? So all of these things, you've got a Molotov cocktail of, of just confusion and symbols and, and illusions, uh, which yeah. is why somebody does their dissertation on it and still doesn't know anything about it when he's done. Um, not to mention, on top of all of that, you've got things like Left Behind yeah. and a lot of popularizations of Revelation, which have yeah. just totally distorted. It's made, it's made Revelation into a book that's about us figuring out what the news headlines of the day mean for us versus yeah. what did this mean for the audience? Yeah. Because that's what every book of the Bible is. What does it mean for the audience and how does it apply to us? And we take the first century audience out of it, which is where the primary meeting starts. Right. So, so you, all that, all that's, I mean, that's just yeah. the beginning. But and I think, yeah. Brandon, that's, that's one of the problems I think that, that in, our, in our quest to be good Bible study people, and, and as you're saying, we, we need to understand this text and, and we want, we care about understanding it. And, and in an effort to do that, sometimes we get tripped up on ourselves because yeah. we fall into this trap of trying to parse everything and wanting to understand it completely. I want to understand what this number means. I want to understand what this image means. And as we know, we lose the forest through the trees because yeah. we fail to take a step back and say, wait a minute. Yeah, I want to honor this text. I want to study it well and I want to understand things. However, Bigger than that, more important than that, is I need to see this bigger message that, as you talked about before, Brandon, that this is this is the culmination. This is the end of the story. Yeah. This is this is where we should find such great hope. I love chapters four and five, for example, for that reason. We see these pictures of worship. Yeah. And it's a, a reminder to us that that, hey, let's not get stuck on these details yeah. and lose sight of this bigger thing that this is this is our source of hope, that we we are victorious because Christ has gone before us and he is victorious, yeah. that we will be be 
with God for all of eternity. We will, what, what sin undid, God will put back together again through Christ, such as the tree of life. So it's, it's that bigger idea that, that we don't want to forget that this is a great book of hope. Yeah. Oddly, filled with so much it, yeah it doesn't seem like it yeah, at times yeah, yeah. but and, it is it's, yeah, that's totally. what it's, it's about hope that and really my you, know, my, my you know talked about me loving revelation it being so close to my heart like one of the things that I want my dissertation to do one of the things that I want to do when I teach in a church or whatever is is try to say okay there's a lot of things to understand about revelation interpretations what does this mean what does that mean we can we can know a lot of things about it if we spend the time to do it uh, but i really want to say let's step back and look at how god is redeeming all things yeah so yeah. That, that's the main point of what revelation is that god is fulfilling all of the promises he said he was going to fulfill and all these prophets you know whenever we were kicked out of the garden god promised us that he was going to redeem all things and revelation shows us that when the prophets say one day god's going to come back one day god is coming you know one day god is coming the new jerusalem is going to be here that's prophesied all throughout the old testament and revelation gives us that so yeah. again it, it's not something to be afraid of it, yeah. it's definitely i mean if you get to chapters like 11 to 17 18 there's a lot of confusing stuff yeah. in there i've yeah. been i've been working on it teaching it for five six years and i was just reading through it recently going i still don't understand like half of this right. but that doesn't mean that it's not important that doesn't mean that it's not worth reading it doesn't yeah. mean that it doesn't teach us something yeah totally totally and and I mean, I mean, to your point, that I mean, ultimately, that it that is the goal. What you guys have both said really, really comes back to the goal that um, all of the 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 very challenging um, doctrine that we can that we can get out of this book that um, or the ways that it challenges sometimes our doctrine um, in other <laughs> yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, maybe that's the better way to say it. Um, because I mean, you look at you think about the different the different ways that you can interpret, even um, um, without getting into all of the the different the different views of yeah. the second coming of Christ. There's like what thirty thousand or something yeah. like that. Yeah, give or take. Um, give or know, take. Give or take two thousand. You know, um, we have, but I mean, you know, you typically hear you know three or four different ones around yeah. American evangelicals, and. Um, even in in those you can you can look at them and you can say okay i can see where you're getting that mm -hmm. and i can kind of see where this is coming from and this piece over here again could make sense you know then there's you know one or two where it's like yeah okay <laughs> don't know you got that <laughs> bless your heart yeah um and uh um but ultimately the goal is is in in these is is to see is to see that end point that um, they are all un they all come together at the same place mm -hmm. that um, that it is Christ that is God making yeah. all things new through Christ through the gospel so there's this uniting component so how can we take a book like this and disagree on parts of it in in a gospel centered Christ exalting way even as we should be developing um, honestly we should be developing very strong convictions about what we believe this book says. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like we just said, I mean, no matter of your interpretation or your method of interpretation or your eschatology or whatever you want to do with it, all of us should agree very clearly that the main point of Revelation is that God is redeeming all things. Yes. It's clear that he's making all things new. You read the end of it, 21, 22, especially. Uh, and Jesus is clearly the center point of that story. I mean, yeah. the lamb is everywhere. The lamb is on the throne. The lamb, lamb is being worshipped alongside God. You see really the, the full exaltation of Jesus as truly the you know the divine son of god who is who has died and resurrected and been uh, raised to new life to give us hope to give us this uh 
redemption of all things to give yeah. us this ministry of reconciliation paul calls it and so when you read revelation you, that that is not debatable at yeah. all in revelation that the, that the main doctrine of uh of revelation is the trinity that god has sent the son to die on the cross that the spirit is speaking to the churches that's what you see everywhere and so regardless of how you get bogged down in all the other minute details we should all be able to agree with that and it's right in line with the rest of scripture which over and over again points to the cross over yeah. and over again points to the sending of the spirit so, yeah. yeah, and I think this is a good example for us as we think about other doctrines because it's not just, of course, restricted to revelation and, and eschatology. Oh, this is one that's probably more prominent for us to think about. But man, I think we get in trouble when we try to align ourselves too precisely with a theological camp instead of scripture. Yeah, yeah. And so when we say when our starting point is, all right, which of these three? eschatological views do I need to align with? And we say, all right, that means I have to align fully with it. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. that's where we fall into the trap of saying, instead of saying, no, what does scripture say? What does scripture bear out? And which of these might reflect more of what I understand currently? Yeah. Maybe not entirely. And so if, if pressed, I would have to say, well, maybe this camp kind of speaks more for me, but not entirely. Yeah. And I think that's where we get the needed grace and humility with one another instead of being dogmatic about defending yeah. a camp that we happen to, to be in. And at that moment, because yeah. it's shifting. Um, I would say, had you asked me 10 years ago, I would have probably give you a different answer on which view of the end times yeah. I have than I do now. I've got a different one depending on which yeah. side of the bed I wake up. I'll yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think it's foolish of us to, to be dogmatic and defensive yeah. about a, a camp that is shifting. And, you know, maybe there is somebody out there that a camp perfectly identifies where they are convicted based on scripture. But I think that's rare. Yeah. And, I th yeah. and we, we should all acknowledge that we all have theological presuppositions that we bring in there based on our background, yeah, based on what we know. I think you said it right, where we're at right now theologically, not probably where we always will be. Uh, but you think about, like, if you come to Revelation, uh, to your point, Brian, and you say, okay, this is what Revelation 20 means, then you start reading back into the rest of Scripture yeah. what that means. And you, you don't realize how quickly you can take one chapter of the Bible and change your view of massive chunks of the Bible. Oh, absolutely. If you read Revelation 20 differently, you got to start reading Ezekiel differently. you got to start reading Romans differently, all kinds of different passages, the end of Matthew differently. And yep. so we should be really careful not to take a grid, step in there, and then run everything through it, but rather you, let Scripture give us a grid. So when you read Revelation, you can see the Old Testament allusions. You know, it's not, yeah. there's not a camp that's forcing you to think that. It's there. Yeah. You know, and then you can start building out from there versus, you know, vice versa, which is start here. This is what I'm supposed to believe. This yeah. is what somebody wants me to believe or whatever. This is what I was taught when I was a kid. That kind of stuff is dangerous anywhere. I think it's especially dangerous when it comes to eschatology because eschatology, the end times, how things happen at the end, you know, all that stuff. If you really focus too much on that, it really does have a bearing on how you view a lot yeah. of other things. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brian, um, Brian, I think uh, this is a, a good place for us yeah, to wrap that's a good up word this conversation uh, with Brandon here. So, Brandon, thanks for joining us for, for this episode. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. And, uh, guys, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all Scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.